Hello and welcome. I want to talk in this episode a little bit about depression and how me personally has thought about the relation to betrayal associated with some of my depression. I recently was listening to a video from Thinking Ape with Stardust and Woja brings to mind and a question. Where are your data sources? It's not a debunking, it's not a roast, it's a request that, hey, I want to go and look at some of the resources and sources that you all gather your data from other than just some two men wanting to speak just to hear their voices played back. And it doesn't mean they're both not very intelligent, because I'm sure they are, but I wish that uh, the app would allow cursive in my responses so that the young man speaking on the current episode couldn't possibly get it, but Stardust would. But to me, for the big part of it, men are less masculine these days. They're full of soy, and they overly enjoy the sounds of their own voices, always having to interject into the manosphere whereby they're losing a lot of their masculinity in the first place. These upcoming uh, generations verbalize that they want to appear more intelligent. Uh, It's an advanced, as I beg to question, does an advanced vocabulary, is that the only thing that marks an intelligent these days? An advanced vocabulary, is that what marks the level of intelligence in an IQ to these days? I know that it has a bit to do with it, but you young people that basically don't socialize with people anymore, you don't spend time sitting down literally face-to-face and you do everything mobily or on the internet or podcast or what have you, what knowledge have you been able to gain sitting down with some of the elderly people in, say, a nursing home? And then it brings to question in their talks the food sources that would we are lacking basic nutrients. It appears to be more and more empty calories instead of psychiatrists prescribing medications to influence the neurochemistry. It needs to be a more interdisciplinary approach to a lot of the depression that needs to be treated in these young individuals these days. Also, there are gender differences in many of the studies 
because they're vastly skewed towards one gender, knowing the lacking of said studied mouse utopia studies, verbalized feedback, it's speculative at best. We are getting regurgitated facts from a female brain, in other words. With a lifespan of five to seven years for mice, there is such an accelerated rate of maturity where mice at 18 to 24 months is equivalent to humans at age 56 to 69 years of age. And I quote that source through Hagen, Catherine, doctor of veterinary medicine and a Ph.D., again a female, and it's interpreted data via female homo sapien. I get the use of mice investigating and doing trials and things on small behavioral modifications and I get it was for the use of mice and the use of disease studies such as diabetes, heart disease, obesity, cancer, but to use mice as subjects on something advanced as depression on a species that lacks even sign language capabilities whereby using a gorilla, an orangutan, or a chimpanzee seems illogical to me at the least. You can train a species that's more closely related to the Homo sapien sign language and be able to determine nonverbal or verbal speech much more readily than just studying mice. If you were to look at a, a, mouse, a, a mouse or a mice brain under a microscope or even without the microscope, you can see how much different that brain is compared to a homo sapien. And it's difficult because you can't mass produce an gorilla or an orangutan the way that mice can be reproduced so I get the part of studying disease processes but with the advanced function of something like depression it seems very illogical at best I refer to people to www UEFAP.com, the importance of nonverbal communication talks about what types, and that 65% of the nonverbal communication, where these female researchers observing from mice and induce what brain or gender are interpreting said data those data would include gestures paralinguistics body language non-linguistic aspects of speech 
eye movements, facial expressions, head nods, body posture, orientation signals, physical proximity and body contact all play roles in interpreting verbal and nonverbal communication. So using mice studying depression is impractical, illogical, and it really shouldn't be garnished much merit from that said research, not to include the knowledge of statistical data and how to interpret that. The means, the skewing of data, the mode and different variables of statistical data needs to be really looked at closely when viewing statistical data with regards to depression and something that's so advanced with the human brain that even modern day neuroscientists have very little clue and they continue to debunk and challenge sources and conclusions on a daily basis. So I reiterate the use of more homo sapien-like subjects with at least sign language capabilities to study such advanced homo sapien conditions, if you will, as depression. They talk about cortisol. The media plays a huge role in misinterpreting the data revolving around cortisol. One endocrinologist may very well refute another's interpretation of that data. From what I know, cortisol levels are more closely related to inactivity or sedentary lifestyle, which is pointed out by Lojack, yet it, it highly is predicated on the empty caloric nutrient-free calories when in rest. You know, growing up, a uh, 20-year difference where we play outside and we're involved in sports and the cure for depression was a swift kick in the ass from our fathers. And these young men growing up without fathers being raised in a single woman household, there's no wonder that their cortisol levels are so high, referred to as soy boys. They touch on dietary differences affecting people differently. And I concur with that fact. For me, oats as in oatmeal, they satiate my hunger the best. And I'll have to investigate the whey protein shake that Lojack mentions. But... Uh, over the course of a certain amount of time, I have to 
see how that affects my mood and cortisol levels and monitor myself to see what small little adjustments I need to make. Dietary correlations appear to be an increasing cause of many individuals' chronic depression, yet the multidisciplinary approaches are extremely rare from my experience. And as a previous healthcare professional, it's troubling at the, at the very least to say I currently am receiving treatment at the Veterans Administration with post-traumatic stress disorder where anger and betrayal have a big part of that with regards to my depression. And it's cyclical, no doubt. Oftentimes it has to do with times of the year and my dietary restrictions, but I may or may not touch on that at a later time. From my moderate level of experimentation, the Mediterranean type approaches with regards to diet work best for me. Being brought up on a red meat and potatoes, red beans, high animal fats, greases, bladen food, and appeared to have a high anger and rage level. Now that was in combination as I aged to seek a spouse's validation irregardless of activity levels because at several points in time I was extremely active and others not so much. So it begs to question activity levels related to anger when it is often related to depression or in the past wasn't until fairly recently. Anger, rage, now predominantly a sign of depression in males, whereas in the past it was mainly known as a female condition. Now, thinking back, I did not listen to the end of that video with Stardusk and Lojack, but in my own personal life and conclusions, taking control of your individual treatment plans instead of allowing the healthcare professionals to just shove pills down your throat, you have to be actively engaged with introspection and then talk about it via a video or a podcast such as this. Otherwise, it's vastly unproductive, then ultimately harmful if you choose to do nothing. Going back to the betrayal aspects, I can think back and think of three things that really affected the way Betrayal affects my depression, one being during the Gulf War and Desert Storm, during a huge Shamal convoying through the Saudi Arabian and Iraqi desert, 
attempting to enter Kuwait for its liber uh, liberation, being left, there were people behind us. I was the driver for a captain, and we had shut down. You couldn't see two feet in front of you, so we shut down via the radio and didn't hear the radio when the convoy progressed forward, people behind me going around me and leaving me there. And that captain there to fend for ourselves was in my mind a form of betrayal, being left by your troops after the Shamal had cleared and awakened. I wakened first and then awakened my captain. It's clear and no one in sight. So that form of betrayal, I believe, has something to do with my depressive episodes and lack of trust, particularly with the female persuasion, and then adding to that number two would be being indoctrinated that some type of legal issue needs to be self-reported to the B&E or Board of Nursing Examiners through the state of Texas and then being called in for what's quote called an informal hearing whereby later finding out upon entrance to the informal hearing they have their attorneys there and I had no one to defend my best interests female dominated profession where they were basically concluding that I was a danger to the community, all the while serving my community and several, actually, as I was a travel nurse between several counties and then moved towards the Houston area and the South Texas area serving those communities for a total of 13 years and then that attorney telling me essentially we are here to protect the, the community and now my response is now no no shit uh, so was I for 13 years but I worked four long hard years to earn that degree and serve my communities for 13 years and then it's gonna be so easily jerked out from under my feet that it's not even fathomable. It was so easy for them to jerk it, yet so easy, uh, so difficult to obtain. And then thirdly would be the divorce with parental alienation. Someone you think that loves you so much head over heels and would do anything for you betrays you and keep your kid from you. There's a wonder why I don't trust women anymore. I wonder why and what the future holds when those children, if they do decide to seek me out and ask my side of the story what happened. It's never going to end well because when you've been alienated so long, who are they going to ultimately back and understand it's going to be the mother the fathers are 
pieces of shit from the get-go, and they will end that way, unfortunately. That's why, in my mind, touting the four terms of no cohabitation, no children, and no marriage is a way for young men to take back their individuality, their masculinity, their power and control over their own lives. They really need to take hold of that. And I'll end this podcast as I always do. However, firstly, I want to share a a line from Ernest Hemingway that states, and I quote, any form of betrayal can be final. Dishonesty can be final. Selling out is final. But you are just talking now. Death is what is really final. Keep going, gentlemen. Follow your dreams, your own personal goals. Leave women alone and do your own thing. Take care of yourselves, as always. MGTOW until your last breath.